Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So the, 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 the title of the sermon is the time of refreshing. I have a few slides. I rebuke the devil and his agents because um, when I was putting the slides together, I lost the whole thing. And um, that really got me panicked, but thank God for technology, I was able to retrieve them. We see here that my people perish for lack of understanding. There's also another Bible verse that says that if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So a lot of times in my little dealings in teaching and in in working in this part of Christianity, I really, really realize that a lot of us Christians, we do not have the understanding, the background understanding of why we are actually Christians and why we have been redeemed and exactly what the redemption does. We all have this um, understanding of this memory verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But majority of us do not understand what it actually means by that everlasting life. It's even sometimes an irony when we ask people that what has Jesus brought? People say a lot of things that actually are true, but most people do not even mention everlasting life. Because that is what Jesus came for, and that is what he brought. Before jumping the gun, when Pastor gave take this, I was like, the time of reflection, I was like, oh my God, Pastor just like to bring us all this complicated. Um, that if you if 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 the Holy Spirit does not really teach you. You won't even know where to start from or what it actually means. And I hope, Pastor, that I will, it will be <laughs> what you want or what it's supposed to be. I like to start my teaching from the Genesis because everything about Christianity started and ended in, the gen- in Genesis. You see, the, all the rest, they're just uh, other prerequisites to give better understanding to the Genesis. And the revelation is a summary of everything in Genesis and the and the further modules that the older books gives. So I'm going to start from Genesis, Genesis chapter one. But before then, please let us go to the first slide. I'm, I'll follow the slides as it goes. So the actual Bible verse says, "Repent then and turn to God." So that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Then verse 21, I had to highlight that. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. So that means that the time of refreshing really is not now. The time of refreshing is when Jesus comes and we are with him. But the word refreshing itself... I had to go into concordance to understand it in the context of the Bible. It's, it's no, 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 the Hebrew, the, the Greek word there means to, re, to, to refresh, which is obvious, 
revival. It also means, um, I wrote it down here, to be refreshed, revival, like, um, like having a fresh breath, like a breath. So basically, it's a time where everything stops and you start to enjoy. The next slide, please. I need to give us an understanding of the Garden of Eden. Is that the next slide? Okay. The Garden of Eden is a place of great happiness, unspoiled paradise. Another version of the dictionary, this is from Google actually, will say it is a place of tranquility, if I pronounce it well, a, like a pristine place. Is there anyone that knows where that is on earth? Okay. In the Middle East. Where there's paradise and tranquility and everything is. <laughs> I would like to go to that Middle East. So basically, it's a place of peace and tranquility and basically everything there is happening the way things are supposed to be. Next place, ma'am. I'm going to tell us, give us some of these verses to give us background. Verse 82, verse 5. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. But you will die like mere mortals. You will fall like every other ruler. This is God speaking. And he said, we, the, he was talking to the children of Israel that they are gods, but they don't know it, so they will die like mere mortals. Another version, which is on the next slide, the KJV version, says that they will die like they will die like men. So that means there are two types of people on earth: men and the children of God that are also gods. I'm trying to establish some things here. So there are men. And there are children of God that are also gods. How did that come about? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man, we know all that. I'm not going to read that. Verse 27, so God created, and I highlighted the word creates. Mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. Then verse 28, I will jump to what I highlighted. He now commanded them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. There was a commandment for the ones that God created. He created them male and female. And he, he, he told them, so I highlighted the word create. Because when we go to the next slide... I'm jumping this because I have to, I'm conscious of time. That verse, that Genesis 1, didn't finish in chapter 1. We need to understand that when they were putting Bible in chapter, they weren't really concerned about if the story ended or not. It just continued. That is why you see some verses will continue and say therefore, and say and, it's because it continues. And the actual part that God finished his work Ended in chapter 2, verse 4. And he said, this is the account of the heavens and earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, verse 5, chapter 2. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, 
and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on earth. On earth. Please let us hold on to these keywords. And there was no one to walk the ground. But streams, I highlighted this because we have to, we are going to make a distinction between earth and Eden. But streams came up from earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Next slide, please, ma'am. From verse 7, this is a total thing entirely. God had finished on earth. He has made water to come from earth. And the shrubs and everything is now happening there. Then God, then the Lord God formed. I italics that. He didn't create a man this time. He formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nose reels. He didn't do that for the men and women that he created. The breath of life and the man became a living being. What did he do to this particular man that he formed? Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. So, Eden is a place. The east of Eden was where God planted that garden. So, Chadwell East is a place, but Chadwell East Academy is at a particular location in Chadwell East. So that garden that we call the Garden of Eden is actually, it was, is actually, because it's still there, is actually in the east side of a place called Eden. And we know that place is a place of tranquility and a place of peace, a place of paradise. So east of that place, there's a garden there that God did. And there, this man that he formed, he put the man he had formed in that garden. Verse 9, the Lord God made all kinds of trees. Now he's doing it. He already the, in, in verse 6, trees had already sprung up because water had come from the earth. So this is a different place, right? The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Then, in the middle of that garden were tree of life. Now, I highlighted where? Where tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil in that garden. I want us to be picturing where the garden is and how what is happening in there. The next slide, please. Then it goes on to describe this garden. It said a river watering the garden. Now the earth was watered by God causing water to spring from the ground. So why, if it's not the same place, or if it's the same place, why did that water not do this one? But this particular place, the Bible is showing us that a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it now separated into four headwaters. I decided to leave this verse 11 to 14. We need to understand something. And please, I indulge everyone to do their own personal research. And this is my understanding as the Spirit of God has given me. 
reading the Bible, the Bible flows from spirit realm into physical realm, and sometimes back into spirit realm. That's why Ezekiel 11 or 14 can flow from talking about the kings of this earth and then go into the spirit realm to tell us what happened to, the, to Satan or to Lucifer and how he dropped and then come back talking about the kings of the earth. So it flows from spirit realm into physical and sometimes back into spirit and up and down. And we need to be able to descend to, to separate. And also, from my little understanding of how descriptions are done sometimes in the spirit realm, you know, it's like having a layer, and please, this is my understanding, it's having a layer and a layer. So, if they want to describe backing and dark, or say, child were hit in the spirit realm, we are located somewhere that is directly under that place in the spirit realm. So, if we are located in Eden, for example, you will say east of Eden, that is where Chadwell East Academy is. And this is why we see these four waters, even though I give us further things that showcase that Eden itself was not and is not on earth, it's another place entirely. And we have to have this understanding before we can understand why we are Christians and where we are going to after. So, I decided to leave this 11 to 14. I'm not going to read it because it now says that water, that water, the Eden, how we now flow to four different places. One thing we know that we are in between water and that water came from somewhere. The next slide, please. Now, I'm going to go back to the water side. The Lord took the man that he formed, not the one he created, and put him in the Garden of Eden to walk it and take care of it. That was the purpose. Remember, Eve is still not here. The female is not here. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eve was not here. Hence Eve could go astray. She was not given the commandment. She, was, she had not even been formed. She was not there. And I'll just divert a bit. This is why it's very important when you have a calling, please, God has spoken to you. People might start coming with ideas. They were not there when God spoke to you. And if you go astray, you will be the one to suffer for it. They might have consequences on them, but you will be the one to suffer for it. So, he said, from when you eat, you will certainly die. We know that they did not die physically, but they died somehow. Continue, please, ma. Now, I want to tell us where, you know, the last verse in chapter 2 said the garden was watered from, from a water that came from Eden. And I said the garden is in the east of Eden. And that, and that Eden is a place of paradise and tranquility. Also in Revelation 4, 6, also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass. 
clear as crystal. And we know the throne of God is a place of tranquility. Where God resides is where we call paradise. And in front of this throne, there's a sea. But to be sure that this is the same sea that actually watered the Garden of Eden. Next verse, please. Revelation 22, 1 to 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Revelation 4 did not tell us the name of that river. He only described it as clear as crystal. But 22, and this is what vision, we, for, for when we see visions, we see in part, and sometimes the vision becomes deeper, it progresses and it becomes more detailed. So when John started this journey, he saw a crystal water. He wasn't given the name of it. But when he went deeper in the revelation, he now had more detail. And he said, the river of water, as clear as crystal. So we know it's the same river. But now we have a name for it. And what did that river do? From the throne of grace and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. So the water, the river flowed somewhere to the middle of the city. And north, south, east, and west. East is in the middle. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. So we know that when the, in Genesis chapter 2, when the water came, it split it into four, right? And we can tell that this one went in the middle, and in other words, between the right and the left, the tree of life was on both sides. And the only other place that we know the tree of life is, is in the Garden of Eden, according to Genesis chapter 2. On each side of the river, bearing 12 fruit, crops of fruits, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the fruit are for healing, so there will not be sickness. No longer will there be any curse, no more curse. That can only be the place of tranquility. Then the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and the servants will serve him. And that is what God created, formed Adam for, to worship him, to serve him. I, in our lay language, as a playmate, Someone to have fellowship with. Someone to play with. Someone to, to, to talk to. That was why he didn't command them to, didn't command, even when he formed Adam, Eve in the end, he didn't command them to replicate. He didn't command Adam and Eve to be fruitful. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Revelation chapter 7. They had to mark in the end those that will not be destroyed on their foreheads. And they will see his face. Let's go to the next slide, please. Then I want to bring us back to the Genesis. I just, I just used that revelation to explain to us where the garden is and also how it got watered and to differentiate it from the earth that the men and women that God created were. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. So God walked in the garden. So that garden was a place where God could walk to, 
probably left his throne. And it says in the cool of the day. So he, he was taking his throne. He didn't throw to the earth. If we go to the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, when he wanted to come to see what they were doing, the, world, the Bible said he came down to look. But here, he didn't come down. He walked. So close proximity. And they hid from them. The, the next verse, please. Sorry. I, need, I want to explain these things so, so that we will have a proper understanding. Now, and the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Because they have done what they are not supposed to do. So that access to the tree of life that gives what? Everlasting life. They lost it. Adam lost it. I want us to understand that while this was happening, men and women were replicating on earth. And it is there in the Bible. Men and women were replicating on earth. Adam and Eve had been together in the garden. They never replicated. They didn't even mate. They didn't see each other like that because that authority did not reside in the garden. Then after... He drove man out. He placed on each side of the garden of Eden, cherubim. I will divert very quickly. You see when they say cherubim and seraphim is not a good church, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Some of us were called into it and we did our research properly. This place is why we have problem in cherubim and seraphim. And only God can help us. You see, the cherubims were the one that chased the devil out of the Garden of Eden because he was there. But he was not there as devil. He was there as Lucifer. He was beautiful. He was in his glory. You can read the book of Ezekiel to have a proper understanding. But when he got chased out, when he fell and he got chased out, at that point, there has been a grudge between him and the angel's cherubim. And to the glory of God, with some insights into some spiritual understanding, we got to realize what, since the day he heard that these cherubims are now on earth operating again. They have eyes all over. They can see what no anyone else can see. Bring any secret to a true cherubim to be exposed. Then the devil is out again to fight. Because you chased me out of that place of paradise. Now you want to chase me out again on earth. It is not going to happen. He does not have power anymore. So what he does, he plays with people's mind. That is why most children have most of the problems we have are not when the church does not work. They're not really, even though they are spiritual battles, they are battles of character. Because you will play with people's mind. It's main character of treachery, of dishonesty, of destroying something. That's what he will pour out. And that is the only battle he fights with children and seraphim because they chased him out. And they are now operating on earth again. So that's why I highlighted that, just diversion. The next place. 
I'm going to go into the teaching. That's not going to take me a lot. But we need to understand this. Now, I've quoted this. The everlasting life that God so loved the world and now sent his son for was what was lost in the Garden of Eden. Was what Adam lost. And God now sent judges. He sent prophets. No one was able to rekindle that relationship that he formed man for. He brought laws, but the law, according to Galatians chapter 3, made nothing perfect. The law even made people sin more. So he thought, you know what? I'm done using human beings. I will come and do this job myself. I will come and do this job myself. So he came. How did he come? And we don't have the time much now. He came. Remember, you know when they say, let us make, some people will say, Jesus, God, and, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not there. The word was there. But the person, Jesus, was not known in heaven. Whenever the word of God speaks, the spirit of God comes to create. Job said, I think 33 verse 3, I think, please. It says, your, your spirit formed me. And I think Psalm 104 verse 33 or verse 30 says that your spirit, um, your spirit goes, and please, I'm not putting in verbatim, and the, the surface is changed. So wherever the, Lord, the word of God comes out, it has an active seed. Remember, the word of God is, is life and is active. It has an active seed. So when it lands, the spirit of God comes and makes that seed grow. Let there be light. The active seed there was light. And the spirit of God that was hovering came and brought the light. Let there be this. And that's how things were created till tomorrow. That's why he said he sent his word out. And they were healed. So when you speak the word out, the spirit of God will create it. That is what the office of the prophetic does. The creator either reveal or create. And when you create with the word of God, it's more solid. So when the word went to Mary, he said, how can this be? He said, said, the spirit of God will come upon you. And what was the word that was planted? You shall be with the child. The child is a seed that was planted. And the spirit of God came upon that. And it became a fetus that was given birth to as Jesus and dwelt among us. So the spoken word of God, the logos of God, was birthed and it dwelt among us. Your word is you. I have my word. It now said, for everyone who believes, John chapter 1 verse 12, will be given the power to have everlasting life. That Adam lost. Next Bible, next verse, next slide, please. I said that Adam and Eve did not understand themselves until when they were chased out, they now came to be men, the children of men on earth, the ones that were created male and female, that were commanded to go and multiply. 
And they then did that. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain, then gave birth to Abel. Next slide, please. I'll have to go very quickly now. To tell us that there were people on earth, very quickly, God punished Cain for killing Abel. He then said, whoever finds me will kill me. Who? If it was just him and his parents alive. Whoever finds me will kill me. Then he said, not so. This is God speaking. Not so. Anyone who kills you, this animal said, no one who found him will kill him. Then he went to a land where the Nordians lived and married. Then if we go to chapter 5, it talks about that God created men and female and he called them Adam. The word Adam in Hebrew means man. So, there were people that were men. And this is why I tell people, those men, God gave them power. He gave them dominion over everything on earth. And they are still here. And they still have that power. However, we have a power. The word of God says, whoever comes, whatever comes from above, is above all. So our own power through Jesus, by believing in Jesus, comes from above. So even though that there is power on earth, we have a greater one. That is why he said, he who lives in us is greater than he who lives in the world. Because he knows he has given them power. That's why they can come and do. But Jesus collected it. I'm not going into that. I just have to dive. I have to just establish. And please do and do your own research. This is my own understanding. Do not take it. There are two places. He created, he formed some Adam to, to be in fellowship with him. And this is what he continued to crave by sending judges, sending prophets, sending the law. Just to have that fellowship again. And never happened. And he sent us the Holy Spirit now. Why? To have that communion with him. That fellowship. That we lost. I want to quickly quote. I've been researching and reading about the generals of Rhodes. So I was reading about Sweet Smith Wigglesworth's book. And he said the day he got baptized. Very interesting. He said he saw a vision. And in that vision, he saw that he was he saw himself in the Garden of Eden with his cherubims flashing their sword. But he said he was the door was open for him. He was able to reach to the tree of life and eat from the, from the tree. And that's basically what happens once you become a child of God. The cherubims move their sword, you go and enter that place. And you are able to take and reach from that tree and eat from it. But we are doing it in the spirit realm. But one day we will do it in the physical. That is a time of refreshing. Where we sit on the banquet. And we sit with the Lord Jesus. And the Father God. And we will eat. And we will be refreshed. But I'm jumping the gun very quickly man. I have to quickly do this. Because I need to show us. The genealogy of Jesus did not drop on Cain. It dropped on Seth. This is the genealogy of Cain. I can 
So Cain and his wife gave birth to Enoch, it's a different Enoch. Enoch gave birth to Arad. Sorry, I couldn't do Papa because I was in a hurry. Mehuja gave birth to that one, that one gave birth to that, and that one gave birth to three of them. Next one, please. Then we know that Adam then and if God mated again, gave birth to Seth. Seth now gave birth to. Next slide, please. Gave birth to all these and landed on Shem, Ham, and Jephite. Actually, we are actually, we uh, West Africans, we are Shemites. The, some Egyptians and all those ancient uh, Hamites, they are both blacks. Anyway, that's another thing. So we now ended up in there. And if you now go to Luke chapter 3, I didn't bring it here. It's the genealogy of Jesus all the way to Adam and Seth. So Seth, then Adam. So Jesus all the way down three three generations to David to David from David to the Babylonian captivity all the way came down to Adam. So we are the, so anyone connected to Jesus is a direct descendant of Adam. And God gave us the opportunity as Gentiles to be able to be reunited to that Adam, but we now have that place. So now. Next slide. So how do we then, what then happens? Why, how do we retain this thing? This everlasting life. Because ever since then, the devil now comes to steal that. The devil now wants to now come to play on our mind. Remember the word of God says that once you become a child of God, you, can, you are no longer a sinner. However, we can fall into sin. So to avoid, to, to now not to fall into sin or to be we have to be for us to sorry for us to get to the place of refreshment first of all we have to be convicted of our sin that is what happens when you give your life to christ you have to confess that sin once you get convicted as when we confess god as our lord and savior then we obtain forgiveness from god then you now have a new birth that new birth opened the door for you to have a fellowship with God into that garden of Eden where you can reach out to the tree of life and eat from it and be refreshed. Then in the end, we have the hope of glorification. But the devil always fights this. That's why he will come with us with temptations. But Peter said, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus. I'm rounding now now. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. In a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, which is the place of paradise. Spoil of faith. This inheritance is kept in heaven. It says it's kept in heaven. So it's not something that they're going to create, it's kept there. In heaven but now God has now upgraded us from the garden of Eden he has now he's now built mansions so we're not just gonna stay in the garden we're gonna be in mansions next and he says who through faith are shielded by God's power unto the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time which is the verse 20 of the theme of today Act 3.20 is the same thing. Next, please. But we have to be holy. Why? Because our Father is holy. 
to retain that place, we have to be holy. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ is revealed at his coming. We have to be obedient children. We have to conform. We, we should not conform to evil desires because that's what brings about sin. And evil desires brings sin. And we have to be holy because our Father in heaven is holy. I am rushing this. Next one, please, ma'am. And these are the things I will take from verse 5. We have a great and precious promises. But for this very reason, we have to make every effort to be able to continually be refreshed and reside in that place of refreshment and end up in the real place of refreshment. We have to add to our faith. We already have the faith. Remember Romans 8 or 12 tells us that for everyone that has believed, you have deposited a measure of faith. So the day it is one faith that has allowed you to be saved. That is the mustard seed faith that we need. And we then add to that faith goodness. Add to goodness knowledge. Add to knowledge self-control. That is what drops us a lot of times into our fleshly desires. To self-control, perseverance. This is what a lot of Christians do not have. Remember, Peter was not talking to unbelievers. He was talking to believers like us. So this is not a preaching for winning souls. It's a preaching for retaining your, your place in that Eden. Your place in that communion with the Holy Spirit. Your place in attaining that final time of refreshment. Refreshing. Perseverance, it is a major part. Is any one of you afflicted? Let them grumble. Is any one of you afflicted? Let them run around and find the, the sharpest holy. Is any one of you afflicted? Let them begin to cry. Let me tell us something. We, the, the word of God says that we are not, we, we do not have an advocate that is not touched. Our tears does not move God. It only touched him. It is what comes out from our mouth that moves him. So remind me of my word. So we can cry to tomorrow in our time of perseverance. He's not moved. He will be touched. Oh, my daughter is crying. Oh, my God. But he will not be moved. So, is any one of you afflicted? Let them pray. The prayer of the righteous availeth much. So, persecution will come, but we have to learn to persevere. We have to learn to have self-control. And then godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, the one that will help us to sustain all this, love. For if you possess these qualities in, in increasing, so we don't stay there, we increase. In increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. So you might be a Christian and be a carnal Christian, like the Corinthians. I'm sorry to say, every time I read the Corinthians, I see us cherubim and seraphim alone. We have these gifts, but very carnal. 
We have this Holy Spirit operating in us, diverse way, but very carnal. And how can this, this come? How can we increase? How can we improve and be effective and productive? Whatever comes with, whatever is made of something and detaches itself from what is made of, will end up loose. Yoruba will say, The river that forgets its source will dry up. We are the burn of the word. For us to, to, to continue to grow, we need the word to grow in us. And we need to, to ensure that we are conversant with the word. We need to read the word of God. There's no getting away with it. If you have all the gifts, for your gifts to be robust, you need to connect your gifts to the word of God. Then you will be effective. Then you will be productive. For us to continue to have a communion with the Holy Spirit, we need to connect ourselves to the source all the time, the word of God that gave birth to us. I think it's almost done now. Next one. Yes. If we want to enjoy time of refreshing, you want to love life and you want to see good days, we must keep our tongue from evil, our lips from deceitful speech, or basically everything that has been read. That's what brings a good life and good days. Continue, ma'am. I want to round this up now. Those are the last few ones. Also, humility is very important. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We cannot be too big than God. But if you don't, if, if, you, are, if, if you are not humble before man, you can never be humble before God. If you don't love a man, you can never love God. So it starts from being humble. And humility is not simplicity. They are two different things. Next one. I'm touching this, so we're going to go into prayer now. Um, next one, please, man. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the one who is victorious. And Jesus repeated this all the time. Victorious over what? Not the world. He has conquered the world. So we are not victorious over that. Victorious over what? There's only one battle Christians are fighting. What is it? Faith. That is what perseverance increases in us. So he told all of them, all those churches, for those who are victorious, in this particular one, he said they will eat from the tree of life. Only those that, which is in paradise of God. So Eden is in the paradise, not in East. So, we are fighting the fight of faith. And this is where we need the help of the Holy Spirit to walk it. And it doesn't matter, sometimes we fall into sins, because we are no longer sinners. The last um, chapter, please, the last slide. But it doesn't matter. God will not break. He said a bruised reed, he will not break. And a smoldering wick, he will not quench. So even if the wick is remaining small, and the light coming from it is almost going to go down, God will not blow it out. He will help you until you become victorious. So as we go 
into the next year, you know the word that God gave me for next year is we have to continually be a living sacrifice. A burnt offering before God. I'll just give us a simple little small, because we're going to pray now. I think this is the end. Um, just a little, I, I, the reason why I went into the foundation, we need to understand where that everlasting life started from. How we lost it. So going to that Psalm 82 verse 6 and 7. He said they would die like men die. Because you have gods. A child of a dog is a dog. A child of, a, of an elephant is an elephant. A child of God is, a, is God. So he was saying you are God because you are not like the ones I created. You are the ones I formed to supposed to be in my bosom playing with me. But your forefather Adam lost it. But now I am bringing you back to me. I have given you the law. Let this law bring you back. But he did it. So now I have brought Jesus. Let Jesus bring you back. Let Jesus be the one that will bring you back. And we have to continually be a living sacrifice. A sweet aroma before him. We have to burn ourselves all the time. If your fire is going down, put something there that it will burn. Let us put our little secrets, our little sins, let us put it on the fire, it will burn again. A little weak, smothering weak, it will not quench. 2023 is a year of goodness for us, for those that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I pray that God will help us. I'll give us a little example, please, before we, we just go, continue, please. I'll just give us a, a little example how the devil comes sometimes. So very recently, actually, I finished today. I was in prayer for three days. And when, you know, um, at one point, I had a visitation. Please, you know, sometimes when I share this, those that are very close to me. I share it for the glorification of God. It's not a, nothing personal. I'm very conscious of Colossians chapter 2, uh, those that have talked about these things that they see, if it doesn't glorify God, it, it does not make any sense. So as I was praying at the party, I think it was 3 p.m., you know, I felt the presence of the Lord be, be, beside me. I actually saw it in the vision, you know, and he was stroking me, and you know, he was moving and he was talking to me, he was telling me things, and that went. About an hour and a half later, as I lay down, because I, I was on my bed when he came, and as I, after like an hour and a half, I don't know what I was doing at that point. Then I felt somebody, something stroking me from the back. At this time, this thing sat, this person, this, this presence sat on my bed. And it was stroking me and instantly I knew this was the devil. I just knew, you, 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 you will know. You will know if it's an angel of God, you will know if it's the devil or the demons and you will know if it's Jesus himself. You just see and you will know. So I didn't even look back. So at first I just said, in my mind, just get away. I don't have the energy. Already it was my third day, so I didn't have it. Just get away. But obviously, it didn't leave. So I had to struggle to just open my mind and say, in the name of Jesus, just get out of, of my sight. Then he left, and I didn't say it again. That doesn't mean he won't come again tomorrow. He doesn't give up. Then he came to my mind, resist the devil, and he will flee. But we have to open our mouth to resist that devil. And that is what we are going to do tonight. We have just very few minutes left, but we're going to pray. Sorry. Let's not stay in one place. We're going to pray and we are going to tell God 
whatever devil that will stop me from being a living sacrifice before you. Whatever devil, I explained that to us to let you know that because you see Jesus today now does not mean that the devil will not. Remember, the same Holy Spirit that spoke through Peter, in the same chapter, few verses down the line, the devil spoke through him. Jesus, you will not die. You cannot die. Stop saying that. Say, rebuke you, Satan. So let us just begin to, let us stand on our feet. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.